I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What is up, Rush Nation? Welcome back to another week of the Staff Takeover. As always, I am your host, Ash. Uh, no Lee or Rich this week, so we've brought a very special guest in, uh, <laughs> one of the leaders of the Five Yard Rush Nation. Welcome in Stocks. Yo, what's happening? Um, I'm a little bit disappointed. I got CEO from Lee, and you've just called me a leader. So I don't know. Wow. I don't know where we stand now, mate. If I'm honest, this has set Le- me leaders. back a little bit. Nah, leader's much better. Leader of a country, you know. CEO's just a company. All right, you, I'll take you that. Lead the, you lead the Rush Nation country alongside Merce, obviously. But you know, you're yeah. the one here, so you take priority. That's true. I mean, <laughs> countries do have nations, so it would only make sense that I'm a leader, not a CEO. Lee. I don't know where we stand now, mate. Something's gone wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. My bad. <laughs> Stitched him up with his not here. So, as always, we are doing the Sunday game breakdown. Uh, week 10, we have all obviously seen another good week of football, as it is every week. But, you know, it's just good when football's back, isn't it, really? I think some weeks are better than others, aren't they? This week was especially good in, in the NFL. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, some high-scoring games, some interesting scores that we'll, uh, we'll obviously get to but I reckon we uh, we jump straight into it and there's no better place to start than the Chiefs and Mahomes first game back. Yep so the Titans somehow managed to come out with a win here 35-32. Uh, 
I think my first takeaway of the three is that there's, if there's any discussion now that Mariota is better than Tannehill or that Tannehill shouldn't be started, that's it. I mean, Tannehill has cemented himself as the Titans QB. I think there's a good chance we see them either draft another one coming up in the draft or Mario is just cut and they'll, they'll move on with another veteran. I mean, there's lots of people who are out of jobs this year and like Teddy Bridgewater's one. He's, he might be a decent fit there in Tennessee and there's nothing to say that they don't keep Ryan Tannehill as their number one and draft another position in the draft going forward. But I think if you consider how bad they were with Mariota and now Tannehill has come in, it's it's a completely different offense. He's only he's three and one now as the starter, and he's just beat the Chiefs. I mean, I don't know what more. The guy was absolutely everywhere. He he had nineteen, yeah, thirteen of nineteen for one hundred and eighty-one yards, decent passer rating of one thirty-three, two touchdowns, and then some sort of running back like two-point conversion as well. Yeah, he's much better than Mariota, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Mariota in a Titans jersey ever again. No, I, I agree. He's he's essentially he's turned turned their season around really. Um and they've got a very interesting decision make to, to make, not just between the two of them, like you say, but also obviously where do they go from here for the future? Do they do they rest on Tannehill for another year and bring a rookie in or do they bring some a veteran in, like you say? I think it's there's a lot of questions to be asked of the staff there, but I think at least for the rest of the year, they've, they've sort of really got to ride it with Tannehill. He's he's done nothing but prove to them that he has deserved the shot they've given him, and it's sort of it's it's been a good it's been a good call so far, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think another takeaway I've got from this one is that Patrick Mahomes is pretty good again. I mean, it didn't take him long to get back into his stride. I mean, you know, admittedly he did throw a pick to Kenny Vaccaro, but it was called back by a flag, and then after that he ended up with 446 yards, three touchdowns pass the race in of 119. One of the takeaways I've got is that the Chiefs, they've lost two of the last three and four of the last six, but that and that's not good if you're going to try and get to the Super Bowl. I think they they needed to win this one and all bar Harrison Butker blocked field goal at the end, should have. It doesn't tend to, I think just the length of it meant that he had to keep it down a bit more and people could get there. So they probably should have won this one, but they didn't. And then I think with all the storylines running out of this game, my final point is that Derek Henry had a pretty decent day. I mean, he had 188 yards from 23 carries, two touchdowns. He's just going about his business in a very running back one way, and people still aren't taking notice of him. Yes, people. A lot of people still have that bitterness in their mouth just from the last couple of years, and and he has, like you say, he's had a, he had a good game on Sunday, and he's had a, he's had a good season so far, and he's doing exactly what the Titans have asked him to do and what they said they would do in the in the off-season. And you can't really ask for any more than that. We know what type of running back he is. When he's when he he's a he's a big man, he's difficult to stop, he runs aggressive and he's he's doing he's doing everything he needs to do. And yep. yeah, it's uh, it's impressive and it's a, it's a good turnaround for the Titans. I mean, I think Many of fans would have been very worried um, going back, going back last month even, and yeah, they've they've done well to turn it around. And I think just there's not much else you can say about Mahomes than than not than what's already been said. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just another level, really. I mean, over 400 yards and three touchdowns on your on your first game back from injury is just madness, really. Yeah, absolute madness. But. The only other thing I've got from this game is that, like you said, the, the the Chiefs. This is a year that the Chiefs really would have 
been aiming to get to the Super Bowl and they're losing games that they can't afford to drop. Granted, they're in probably the easier conference if you look on the face of things, but even so, they, they won't be impressed with how it's gone so far despite having a winning record. It's It's been a bit of a letdown and it's difficult to really see why and where because doesn't seem to be one area where it's where it's fallen down they've, they've been unlucky in games they've made mistakes but I just don't really know what's they're in a bit of a they're in a an interesting period at the moment yeah 100% okay um on to my first game of the day and that one is the Cardinals at the Buccaneers fire um, the cannons <laughs> sorry <had> yes <laughs> Murphs, Murphs obviously would be uh would have been a happy chap on Sunday as the uh, Buccaneers did um, come away with this one, the winners, 30-27. to 27. And on the face of it, when you look at the stats, when you look at the, the game, I mean, it's difficult to say which side deserved to win. It was a very entertaining game. I think both teams played well at times and, and both teams made mistakes. My first takeaway is, as I'm sure everyone has seen, is this is the sort of performances that you're going to get from Winston. He's going to have... There's good moments, there's bad moments, and there's real ugly moments. And this game, he had all of them. <laughs> I mean, 358 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I mean, I think it's four games in a row now he's had over 300 yards passing. So from a from a fantasy perspective for his weapons, Evans, Godwin, and even the running backs, Jones in particular, they're still going to put up good numbers for you. But... Yeah, I mean, what do the Buccaneers do with Winston? What does what does Arians do with Winston? Will he ride him next year? Will he cut him loose? I mean, it's anyone's guess at the minute because you just don't know what, what Winston's going to turn up on the day. No, I mean, Murph said yesterday on yesterday's show that Winston's a good enough quarterback to get you to the playoffs, but he's not good enough to win four in a row and get you to the Super Bowl. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Arians decides to have another season if they get, you know, if they get the playoffs this year and, and stay close in those games, and Winston lets them down. I mean, there could be many parts to let them down. I mean, the, we mentioned it on the pod yesterday. The defense lets Winston down just as much as Winston lets the team down in in the final moments of the game. But if Arians decides to stay there and hasn't squeezed all the juice out of the lemon that is Jameis Winston, like they may well tag him with the thing to let him go, or, or just cut him and, and see what they can get in the draft. I'd, I think it's a, it's getting to that tipping point now for James Winston in his career. He's so close to being really good, but then he's also so close to falling off massively. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a he's a bit of a, a odd commodity. Mm. And like I said about his, uh, I mean, the plus side for him is the yardage, and that's the plus side for his his weapons. I mean, Evans and Godwin are wide receiver two and three at the moment in PPR scoring. So for anyone worried about them there there should there, there doesn't need to be a worry because he's still getting the passing yardage and he is still throwing the touchdowns just from purely a Winston perspective. I for one have been disappointed because I drafted him and I drafted Trubisky in a lot of leagues and I'm hurting right now because <laughs> <laughs> it's not been pretty at all. Not been pretty. Next takeaway from the game um is on the Cardinal side of things. Um like I said before it, it they could feel hard done by. They they played well and they they outdid Buccaneers on most of the stats are in the big one, the scoreline. Um and that's that's the way it is at the end of the day. They lost the game. Um Murray, he looked good today. I just don't know I still I'm still not sold on him. And it's an odd thing to say because he has 
in fantasy terms, he's the QB number five on the season at the moment. He's had two bad games, which was week seven and eight, where he scored under 10 points. But apart from that, he's he's not been terrible, but I just I just don't know how to take him. Yeah, I, I hear you. Just one minute, he's like, you're like, oh, wow, look at him. He's amazing. Next minute, you're like, what are you doing? Now, that could be, there could be many reasons behind that. Obviously, it's a brand new offensive system. The O-line is one of the worst in the league. But it, it, or it could just be that he's not potentially the long-term solution and he's not really the NFL running back, uh, quarterback, sorry. But I don't know. It's, it's early days. and I think, I think with Murray, we could see the same sort of thing next season that Lamar Jackson's done this season. From what I've seen of Murray, and, and when he's good, he's definitely got the attributes to be a good NFL quarterback. And like you say, their O-line is absolutely garbage and there's a few other things they need to work on. But if they can build around him and work on what he needs to be worked on in the off-season, just like Jackson did, we could see an absolute monster next year because he's got the same attributes. He's got a better, I think he's got a better pass than Jackson does. I, I would say he's got the same legs, but at the moment, Lamar Jackson has got legs that, you know, even Hercules doesn't have. The boy is absolutely unbelievable, but he is a running quarterback, Murray. And I think if he makes the adjustments that Jackson did, we could see next draft season people taking him a bit later than perhaps his value will be at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And like I say, it's early days and it's a whole, pretty much everything's new there. So this is a feeling out process for the, for the whole team, the whole organization at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, final takeaway from this uh, it's, it's, it's two. Um, Christian Kirk obviously had a monster of a day, 138 yards and three touchdowns. I would, um, I wouldn't overreact to those numbers. What do you um, mean, Ash? Well, I mean, all right, today, I mean, on Sunday, amazing day, but that was the first touchdown of the season he scored. Um, and it was only his second game over 100 yards. He's very inconsistent, um, and you just you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's not a reliable option in fantasy. No, absolutely. I was just uh, yanking your chain. Yeah, it's part of the, the, the Cliff Kingsbury offense as well, isn't it? The boy spreads it around. I mean, it was just one of those days where Kirk, I think, happened to be the read that, Murray went to all the time. Yeah, definitely. And the final thing is, what is your opinion on the backfield? Obviously, Johnson come back on Sunday. He was limited. Um, he had 43% of the snaps and he only had five attempts. Yes, he's coming back off injury, but the way Drake's performed at the moment, I can see this being a lot more... I think this is going to be a bit more of a split backfield than people might well have anticipated. Yeah. I wouldn't we mention this again, I don't want to hark back to yesterday's pod, but we mentioned it on yesterday's pod that there's a Murph thinks that DJ could be done. This that could be his season over and and if he if it's not, he'll be used very, very lightly. I think Kenyon Drake showed a couple of times in, in Miami that he's got the skill set to be the running back you want to use in all three downs. I think if Chase Edmonds comes back, he's going to be the receiving back, no doubt about it. And they might even use him out wide, like we saw Kareem Hunt do for the Browns this week. Chubb still got the carries and was still out there, but Hunt was 53%-ish of the snaps this week. And, and they used him out wide. They did sweeps. They did screens for him. And I think we'll see Chase Edmonds do a bit of that when he comes back. And Kenyon Drake is the man. I think DJ, I hate to say it, but there's a good chance we don't see him again this season. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Okay, next game, the big... Well, well, one thing I would like to say, Ash, is yep. that the Buccaneers can stop the run. <laughs> yeah, run. that is the... Yeah. You don't want to start anybody against the Buccaneers fantasy-wise. It's, 
they were 31st ranked going into Sunday and then they stopped the Cardinals to only 75 yards at halftime. Get this right, at halftime the Cardinals had 35 yards on the ground and 32 of them were for one Kyler Murray scamper. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, mental. It's a it's a very uh, a very uneven defense, but yeah, very impressive on the uh, on the pass on the on the rushing game. So <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Don't you can't you can't risk starting anyone against them really. So we uh, we move over to New York for the uh, the rivalry matchup between the Giants and the Jets. Yeah, I thought this was going to be one hell of a horrid squib, and actually it turned out to be a decent ball game. The Jets won thirty four twenty seven. I like the fact that. A rivalry is in the same stadium. I think it adds a little bit more to the fact that, I don't know, you know, in Premier League football, you've got Liverpool and Everton and they're so close, but they've got different grounds, whereas MetLife is home for them both. So I imagine going to a game of that magnitude is, there's something extra spicy about it. I don't know. I've not been. If you've been, let me know. It'd be nice to know. But my first takeaway is that Jamal Adams, even though, they wanted to trade him away is absolutely legit. Did you see his court? Did you see his touchdown? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he stripped the ball away from Daniel Jones and then cruised into the end zone. I don't... Saquon Barkley is... This is my second takeaway now. Saquon Barkley, should we be worried? Oh, I don't know. Mate... Yeah, it is Barkley, but I mean, yeah. it's a diff- It's a very difficult thing to... To decide really because yeah I honestly I honestly don't have an answer I do not know at this point in time yeah I mean the Giants put up 23 rushing yards against the Jets and Saquon Barkley had 13 carries for one yard it's just mad it's not what you expect no I mean if you're in a league where you get points for carries then great but otherwise he's absolutely murdered you this weekend against the Jet defense which probably should have been gashed by Barkley and Mm. yeah I think uh, to be fair both run games in that game were absolutely atrocious Bell only totaled 34 yards. He did have 34 receiving yards as well, but if you don't tack on the touchdown, then you're in trouble owning Lev Bell. And then I guess my final takeaway from this is that Darius Slayton is a real thing. If you don't have Sterling Shepard, you don't have Evan Ingram. Slayton had 10 receptions for 119 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think we see Sterling Shepard anytime soon. I know they're on bye this week, but I think Slayton could be one of the, if you picked him up, and you're a contender in your league, I think he could be a league winner. Yeah, definitely. I've mentioned him a couple of times. Um, I've sort of I hyped him and Preston Williams up a few times. Obviously, we, we all know what happened with Williams, but Slayton was another one that, rightly so, no one was talking about him because he was a, what, sixth or seventh round pick. But I think as soon as you started seeing the, uh, the injuries to Sterling and the um, Sterling Shepherd and obviously Ingram's been carrying an injury as well and yeah he's he's got his goods um and he proved it again on on Sunday I mean what was it over 100 120 yards and a couple of touchdowns I think he finished on yeah I think one thing to also point out in this is that you could start your DST against the Giants they can't keep Daniel Jones upright he got sacked six, six times again this weekend two forced fumbles I think it's where everyone fancies starting their defences against the Dolphins, I think you should now flip it and start your defence against the Giants. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you mentioned that earlier, but um, Bell, unfortunately, is uh, is very much a match-up dependent option mm-hmm. at the moment, uh, which, I mean, some people expected it 
um, just purely because he went to the Jets. But I think just how much, how disappointing he's been is has been surprising for a lot of people. Um, and, and the only other thing is, that some of you may have seen it, some of you may have not, but uh, Adam Gates is going nowhere next year, apparently. So, yeah, what, is, what are you next doing? Season. Yeah, madness, absolute madness. Mistake to dra- to sign him in the first place, and now, and now yeah. they're going to ride him for another year. So, yeah, good luck, Jets fans. <laughs> <laughs> next game on the slate is the Falcons at the Saints. They're probably one of the first surprises of the uh, of the evening I will say the Falcons came out of this one 26 to 9 winners I don't know about you stocks but this this was a very surprising result yeah this was all about the Atlanta defense getting to Drew Brees yeah that, and that was what happened in this game far too frequently and and I don't want to take anything away from your from your right up Ash but yeah Drew Brees was not given any time he wasn't given any time, no, and that that was that is my first takeaway from the game. They Falcons defense have not been amazing for most of this season, and yeah, they real turned they really turned it on on Sunday. Um, six sacks against Breeze on the day. They'd only managed three in the last six games, so I mean that that says it all. They they turned up and they they were hungry for this game and just yeah. I mean it's it's essentially a lost season for them, but. It, if you'd have asked the, um, the defense on the day, they would have uh, they'd have said otherwise. Very impressive. Mm. Um, the the other takeaway is uh, again on the the same um, the Falcon side of the ball, um, and then the rushing game finally did something. Uh, season high of 143 yards on the ground, um, and it wasn't from Freeman. It no. was from Brian Hill. So I'm sure he is a hot commodity on the waivers this week. Most of mine ran today. And yeah, there was some interesting uh, fab budget spent on him. Let's just say that in a, in a few of my leagues. So if um, yeah, so my home dynasty league is, isn't is fab. We I meant to switch it over. This is my fault. But as a commission, I meant to switch it over in the off season and didn't. Yeah, made an error. And I would I own Devonta Freeman, and I would have spent pretty much everything else I have on Brian Hill because I'm a contender. So I'm up there. My squad is pretty strong, and I would have lumped everything on Brian Hill. Yeah, I I agree. I think we're getting to that stage of the season now where that 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 running back will suddenly come out of nowhere and be the difference that you need in the playoffs. Hundred percent. Uh, we are edging incredibly close to those weeks. Um, on the Saints side of the ball, it's a, it was an off day, um, and, and you can quite clearly see that from the scoreline. But it was an off day all round. Um, I think it was really close to not being an off day. Though I don't know the field yeah. position of the Saints, but Drew Brees still had two hundred eighty-seven yards. So mm. yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't, I got to admit, I haven't actually seen the highlights of this game yet. I've seen a couple of sack highlights, but that's it. So I don't know where Drew Brees was in the field, but. I mean, still had 287 yards. Michael Thomas was still can't guide guard Mike. He had 152 yards off 13 receptions. Yeah, he actually became the fastest player to reach 400 receptions. Um, took him 56 games, and I think he's he's ever reliable, as you say. Um, they had a lot. They made a lot of uh, mental errors, and they had multiple penalties. They sort of they almost shot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the defense wasn't as on point as they as they have been most of the season, uh, and and the Falcons' offense just took advantage of it on the day. Uh, 
yeah, and I think it was an oddity. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it, um, but it, it turned out to be a missed opportunity for them to go top of the NFC. Obviously, as as we now all know, the the, the Niners are no longer unbeaten, and if they'd have won, if the Saints had won on the day, they would be a, an equal record. So yeah, uh, don't read too much into it. Obviously, uh, I believe yeah they're on the bye next this this next week, so they've got a, they've got a week to recover, and then we'll see see what happens week twelve for them. Final point, Dan Quinn keeps his job for the Falcons for another week. In my opinion, he's gone at the end of the season. But I don't think they'll I don't think they'll get rid of him now. It doesn't rarely does anybody any good to, to part with a coach in the middle of the season. So Yeah, one hundred percent. Unless unless it goes disastrously more wrong. But we'll just have to wait and see, I suppose. Anything anything else from you on this one? No, mate, that's all I've got for that one. Perfect. Back over to yourself for the Bills matchup against the Browns. Yeah. So the Cleveland Browns managed to get a last minute win against the Buffalo Bills. Baker Mayfield, my first takeaway is that this is a game the Browns absolutely needed to win. You know, they needed it even more than the win last week against Denver. And finally, when given the ball and a chance to win the game, Baker Mayfield has finally gone and done it. He had a chance in week three, didn't do it, and in week six. But this week, for the first time in 2019, Baker Mayfield drove him up the field and won the game for the Cleveland Browns. I think at the beginning of the season, we were all expecting a lot more. 100%. And I own him. I own him in more dynasties than I do in regular leagues, but uh, just because his value was far too high in the in the off-season. But yeah, bit, bit, bit of disappointment for me so far. But yeah, it was good to see a performance come out of him. And I think it will do him good more than more than anything he needed it yeah I think the the interesting thing I feel about this people saying that Mayfield drove them up the field and got them a game winning score the Bills had a chance to win it with a kick if Baker Mayfield didn't go up and get a walk off touchdown do you know what I mean it's Stephen Hushka missed I guess an uncharacteristic kick and if he had that 10 out of times I think he'd make it 8 or 9 times so it was just on the day it was unlucky but people are saying Baker Mayfield's won the game but actually Poor old Stephen Hushkas has lost it for the Bills. Lost and, the game. Yeah. I mean, he's been good this season, so you, you can't knock him. But, yeah, I think people are, are maybe harking on a little bit too much about Baker Mayfield winning the game. Yeah, it's, it's overhyped. Obviously, everyone's seen the struggles that he's had so far this year. And just for to see him have a good game, people are going to... People are going to uh, are going to big it up a, a lot more than, than, than most than really should. But... Uh, yeah, I for one, I'm glad to see him. As much as he's a, a divisional rival of, of my Steelers, I, I like him as a player. And like I say, I own him in quite a few leagues. So nice to see for him. Yeah. My second takeaway from this, sorry, Ash, is that the uh, the Browns' struggle in the red zone is real. They've been terrible. I think they've had 10 plays inside the opponent's five and only come away with three points. I mean, you just... That's horrendous. Yeah. yeah, eight straight. They had eight straight plays inside Buffalo's five-yard line and came away with zero points. <laughs> me and Lee spoke about it last week. I think the kitchen's higher, in my opinion, was the wrong decision. And he just, yeah, I don't know. He seems a bit out of his depth. It's not just him. Like, it's not definitely not just him. There's, there's I think issues there's all a, over the field. Yeah, I think there's a culture issue at the Browns that needs sorting out, and whether that stems from Freddie Kitchens or somewhere else, that needs that somebody needs to investigate that and find out where where the clowning around. Not to use the OBG OBJ shoes pun, but 
that doesn't it's not quite regimented enough for me to be a well-run NFL team. I mean you take they're only 33% in red zone efficiency at the moment over over the last 2 weeks. They've they've made they've scored on 3 of their 9 red zone efficiencies. It's not good. It's no. not what you were expecting. It certainly all. isn't. So yeah, that's that's me and the Browns. I think they were lucky to come away with I think the Bills were the better team last week on Sunday and they were lucky to come away with the win. Like I said, Stephen normally makes those kicks and, and didn't. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I didn't get a chance to see this game unfortunately, so I don't um I don't have much in the way of an opinion. I think uh the only thing I don't ask me why, but I started hunting one of my leagues this week just because I was that desperate at running back and I did too. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It turned out. I think the the passing game is uh, is is what is what's gonna is what's gonna help him. Uh, yeah. So. I think my final point on this game is that the Bills' cornerback Tre'Davious White, who has to be up there now in in when people talk about lockdown corners and DBs that shut people down, Tre'Davious White has to be up there. I mean, he just made Odell Beckham look silly. You know, a, a couple of times OBJ got the hop on Tre'Davious White, but he's OBJ. He's one of the best separators in the game. It's always going to happen at least once. At the moment, he's not brilliant. Let's be honest. He, he's, a, he's a weekly matchup. He's matchup dependent in fantasy. And until the Browns get it sorted, OBJ isn't the guy you drafted in the first, second round. But Tredavious White, yeah, was ridiculous. Yeah, he is. And the, the, the whole the whole defense, I mean, again, me and Lee have spoken about it a couple of times. I mean, it's just a well-run machine, that defense. And you look at the names, barring White, no one really, like, jumps out at you as like a real difference maker. They're just a, a very, very solid unit. Yeah. It's it's yeah. very reminiscent of what the Patriots do as a as a thing as well. I mean, I'm sure they've got stars on their team, but when you actually look at the Patriots roster, they don't have standout players at positions all over the place. They've got a couple of people here and there, and then everybody else is just good at football. And when you make a team out of people who are good at football, not necessarily a couple of greats and then a few averages. If everybody is good at football and you have one or two key pieces that win you games, that is the recipe for success. On to the next game, which is back to me. And uh, I hate to say it, but Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are the real deal. Oh, how did you end up with this one? Because I decide the lineup. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. Uh, he's Lamar's impressed all year, but this was this this game. He was another level. Granted, it was against the Bengals, but. You play what you what you get put in front of. Is he is he a legit contender for the MVP this yes, season? Has to be, hundred percent. Absolutely has to be. Do you know who I think should win MVP? And if he carries on through the sixteen seventeen game pace that he is, that's Christian McCaffrey. Because what that yep. boy does with the football is unworldly. There is nobody as as good as people think Dalvin Cook is, and I'm a Dalvin Cook truther. Christian McCaffrey is on another level. Yep, hundred percent. And again, me and Lee spoke about it last week and said that he is up there, but. Unfortunately, just the way the way it is at the minute, it's, I, I, I doubt he will get it. I think just it's, it's the be... same as the Heisman, though, isn't it? In yeah, college, exactly. Yeah, Mad it's man. frustrating. It's frustrating, but it's the way it is. Speaking of the Heisman, one of my takeaways from today, and one of the uh, the weirder stats of the day, the Ravens at one point had three Heisman winners in one play. They had Lamar under center. And they had Ingram and um, RG3 in the backfield. Not often that that, that happens, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. wonder, I, I wonder if there's a better Heisman trio that you could have. Because obviously you've got Lamar and Mark Ingram, both great. RG3, yeah, he won the Heisman, but hasn't really been doing much recently. No, 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 that's true. But yeah, so 
it's I just I, I saw it um uh, and all I saw it on the NFL site and I was like okay that's did not realize that I mean obviously I I'll be honest, I completely forgot that England won the Heisman I mean I didn't even know that's yeah that's... It, he's he's been around that long and he just the Heisman seems like it's quite a recent thing but it's not it's been around for a very long time and yeah he he was one of those uh, we, I mean, back over to Lamar. We were we were talking about him. Um, I think another another interesting thing, and you mentioned it earlier about his rushing game. He is eleventh overall in rushing yards in the NFL at the moment. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. <laughs> Seven hundred and two yards and six touchdowns just on the ground. That's not yeah. taken into account. He's got fifteen touchdown passing touchdowns and only five interceptions. Him, Wilson, McCaffrey. They have got to be the front runners for the um, the MVP. It's just, yeah, it's just ridiculous what he can do. And like you said earlier, he's, in, he's improved his passing game from last season and look at, look at the results. I hope he continues. As much as, as much as I don't like the Ravens, obviously because I'm a Steelers fan, you just cannot help but enjoy watching him. That's what I'm saying at the moment as well. Like the Ravens are, they just, I don't, obviously you're a Steelers fan, so you've got a little bit extra hatred for the Ravens. But at the moment, they just seem to be, a really fun, I want to say friendly, but they've got a nasty streak to them. The Ravens always have, but they're just like, yeah, they're fun to watch. They're like the Bills, just slightly better armed, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, unfortunately, like I say, as much as it pains me, I have to agree with you at the minute. We've got to say something about the Bengals. They are the... They've got nice helmets. They've got nice helmets, (laughs) yeah. And they did have a new man under centre, Ryan Finley, but it was very much the same. I mean, you may as well have just kept Dalton out there. It was like he was still out there. And I, th- I think they did make the right decision because they need to see what they've got in Finlay and they need to decide what they want to do for the future because I don't think Dalton's the answer. He's getting on now. I mean, he's, he's, he's in QBH, he is still relatively young, but he is getting to the top end. You've got, you drafted Finlay this year. You need to see what's there. And he didn't do anything wrong to to say that it was a mistake but there's just so many issues on that team there's a lot that needs to be corrected for them to be anywhere near competitive so um, so if you're if you're Bengals GM and how much do you need to see out of Finley so say you you go undefeated I mean not undefeated what am I talking about winless, winless. You, if you keep a perfect record and go winless and you're how much do you need to see out of Finley in order to not draft Tua or Burrows at number one next year? I think if they go winless, I, I don't believe it matters what Finley does. I think if they have the number one overall, they will draft a quarterback. I think that will decide it for them. I think, I agree. I think they will, but I think it is such a massive mistake. There's yeah. so many holes in that bucket that the draft equity you can receive from trading away the number one overall pick is well worth doing it. There is absolutely nothing to say that they draft, they trade away the number one pick. Finley's okay, which means they can ride him for a year or they bring in a veteran for just one year. I mean, Colin Kaepernick's in workouts at the moment. What's to say he doesn't get a year there? They draft away, they trade away, sorry, the number one overall pick next year. They still suck. And then all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence and uh, Justin Fields, your boy from Ohio State's there, if they come out. Then what? You've got better draft equity and a quarterback who, you know, I've only been really watching college for one whole year now. But I've not seen anything from Tua to suggest that he's better than Lawrence or Fields. No, no, definitely not. You know your college a lot more than me and everybody else will probably hop onto my back and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) here. But it's Yeah, I think this season, 
he's battled injury. But no, I agree. Um, and I think the other, like you say as well, I think that yeah, they can get so much from the from that number one. I mean, the Dolphins have now won two games and could potentially only have a top five draft pick, and yeah. they've got what three next year. Yeah, they could easily give two picks to the Bengals for the number one overall. And then the Bengals have already got two picks plus probably something else and, and fixed two areas with with first-round players. Yeah, I mean, and also, don't forget, AJ Green's still there. They've said they're not going to trade him, but if he doesn't play all year and they yeah. think, well, hold up, we could still get, I don't even know if AJ Green commands a first-round pick anymore. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots turn around and say, well, I'll tell you what, Here's a first round pick for AJ Green. I mean, even if it's because it's a late first, we all know the Patriots are going to be there or thereabouts. AJ Green suddenly turns into somebody unreal for the Patriots. Yeah. For a couple of years, I mean, it would be such a Patriots thing to happen. And then all of a sudden, the Bengals have got another first round pick. Yeah, exactly. It is, it, like, it's the way that the Patriots always do it. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. And Green was one of my other takeaways as well. I think just from uh, this season's perspective, they almost need him back just to inject that green factor into it. He might not necessarily be the player that he once was, but he will command the ball. He will command better from that team yep. because he is AJ Green. He'll put some passion back on the field. Yeah, 100%. AJ Green is the all spark to that, you know, Transformers reference. AJ Green is the all spark to the Cincinnati Bengals. If Optimus Prime doesn't have the all spark installed in his cab, he's an absolute nobody. Exactly. I mean, I could talk about this, the the Bengals all night, but I mean, we we should probably move on, really, unless you've got anything else you want to say on the game. Or no, the I think I, I think my the only thing I have got to say on this is if you go on NFL.com and watch the highlights from the NFL game recap, the I don't know how long the highlights are, but it takes one minute thirty something seconds for you to see a Cincinnati Bengals play. It's just all Lamar Jackson for the first one and a half minutes or something. So that says it all, really. Yeah, he scored on. They were they scored on every play he was involved with because he got benched in the um, fourth quarter. Uh, every play that Lamar had resulted in a touchdown. Well, there you go. We'll finish with that great stat. <laughs> yes. Over to you again. On to the Lions versus the Bears. Yeah. So this, I thought the Lions were gonna dismantle the Bears this week. I just had this funny feeling, even without Matty Stafford, you know, going back, I feel so sorry for Matt Stafford. He finally starts getting it together and then he suffers a broken back. I mean, crikey. Typical, isn't it? Yeah, it's just poor Matty Stafford. But anyway, yeah, the Detroit Lions lost to the Bears. The Bears won 2013. My first takeaway from this is that it takes a long time for Mitchell Trubisky to decide he's actually on a football field. He had four, his first four drives opened the game. He had one first down and 25 yards. After that, he then hit a series of nice passes to propel the Bears to 26 lead, which they needed to hang on to. And I think that is the Bears' blueprint at the moment. Try and get up early and let David Montgomery do all the work because Mitchell Trubisky is not a quarterback who is going to win new games. No, not at all. His, his stats are so deceiving on the game. I mean, what, three touchdowns, 170-odd yards? Yep. And like you say, he just takes so long to get started and, and most games they are out of it by that point it just so happened that they they were the Lions didn't turn up because I mean it's difficult because they like you say Stafford was out so they they obviously had Driscoll making his first start of the season but yeah they, they 
it's frustrating because, again, like I said earlier, I had a lot of investment in Trubisky. Looking back on it now and, and looking back on him last season, I mean, he was he was cheap. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of him. They need to make a decision on him as well soon. And it's going to be a difficult one because not only was he a first-round pick, he was a first-round pick that they spent a lot to move up one spot to get him. Yeah. They got a lot invested in him. And he will be a big bust if they do decide to move on. Yeah, and not only that, I'm pretty sure Matt Nagy said one of the reasons for him going to Chicago was Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Sorry, Matt, that was a bad decision. Do you know, Ash, the last time Matt Stafford missed missed a start? No, not a clue. Matthew Stafford missed his first start since week 17 of the 2010 season due to a back injury. Well, didn't he have an injury for most of last year as well? Yeah. I mean... Bionic man. Yeah. So Jeff Driscoll, yeah, looked pretty much exactly what you'd what you'd expect, and the Lions didn't really offer anything until late in the last, until the clock was pretty much over. I think Marvin Jones is he's better than we think he is. Is that fair to say? Do we, I don't think we hold Marvin Jones in high enough esteem for what he can actually achieve. No, we don't, and it's such an obvious thing that we're missing because he is reliable and. He will, and how often does he not put up fifty yards in a game? At, at least, yeah, he, he's very underrated, uh, and and he he has been for a few years. I mean, barring oh, I want to say twenty seventeen, where he had that monster year, he's just always been sort of there and yeah. putting up solid numbers, and yeah. not much more than that. No, the uh, yeah. the Lions outgained Chicago three hundred and fifty six seven sorry three hundred and fifty seven yards to two hundred and twenty six yards and and just couldn't get any points on the board. I think I think as soon as Stafford was out, I think it was difficult to say the writing may have been on the wall because you were relying on the backup quarterback and no run game. Mm-hmm. They do not have a run game. I mean, they almost got to a hundred yards rushing, but. There's just nothing there. There's nothing on the rushing game, in my opinion. No, I think the Bears absolutely needed this win as well. They needed to beat somebody in the NFC North and they managed to get the Lions, overturn the Lions. I think one positive from this is that Danny Trevathan's replacement, uh, Kwiatkowski, that's probably a butchered last name. Uh, I've said that terribly wrong, I imagine. But yeah, he, he was pretty good. He was all over the field and he had nine tackles, a sack, and then the pivotal interception. So... I think the, if the Bears were worried that Danny Trevathan was going to be a huge miss, I think this Kotowski chap has managed to step into the hole quite nicely. Yeah, definitely. I've got a couple of mates who are Bears fans and they, they have rated him quite highly um, since he came in. Uh, and he's been, I'd say, quite lucky in one sense because <clears throat> sorry, he's he's got to sit behind Trevathan and then obviously Smith, Rakeem Smith had come in as well and he's he's had time to hone his skills. And uh, yeah, he, he looks a solid, solid player and there should be no worries there really for them on that on that defence. Over to my Steelers. Um, they played the Rams. They did win 17-12. And I mean, what a, what a difference a month makes, eh? No, I'll tell you <laughs> what the difference is. Minka Fitzpatrick is the difference. Oh, yes, he is. And um, that was my, that is my first point. What a bargain he is. I mean, uh, a lot of people were shocked when we paid a first for him, myself included, especially after losing... Um, Big Ben there were obviously a lot of talk about what are they going to do about QB surely they need to invest but yeah I mean he has been a difference mate. he's just added that last piece to this defence he's got 46 combined tackles two forced fumbles five interceptions and a touchdown in the seven games since he's been traded um, and obviously had the pivotal um, 
fumble recovery and touchdown uh, on the day that, that obviously that won the game for them. That the 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 defense and the Steelers' defense um, was it's dominant legit. again. Yeah, it is legit, and and they're shifting back to what we saw in the uh, mid two thousands, and obviously from the steel curtain in the seventies, where dominant on defense and doing enough on offense, and it's a it is a big shift because if you think about for the last what three, four, five years, you had the three Bs and it was all about the offense and the defense were just holding on and the offense were putting up enough points to score. It's now the opposite. The defense are dominating the game and the offense are doing enough now. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's that they, they could well be in the playoffs this year. Surprisingly, steady, steady. steady. Oh, no, I mean, the, I don't think they'll do anything. But the way the AFC is and the way the AFC North is at the moment, they could easily see themselves in there undeservingly from the, the way they started. But yeah, they need to, one, they need to sort out the quarterback. Not now. Obviously, I think this, this year they've got to ride with Rudolph. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rudolph is the answer long term. And I think that's that's quite evident already. Well, Do why they... don't you just roll with Duck Hodges then? I mean, he's pretty exciting, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean... I... That our quarterback, yeah. I mean, Big Ben, we don't know what we're going to get when he comes back. It looks like they might have to ride with with this trio for another year. Yeah, unless I mean, they decide to, unless someone drops to them in the second round, you never know. The answer's not here, unfortunately. No, it's not. I, Pittsburgh, we mentioned it on yesterday's pod. You know, if they get to 17 points, they'll try and keep you under that and, and come away with a win. And I'm not sure of their upcoming schedule. Ash, I don't know who they, they play next or. Uh, they got the. Browns next. Okay, so the, the, their offense isn't exactly firing at the moment, so they could keep them under 17. Then they got the Cincinnati Bengals and then the Browns again. So those three games are all winnable. They've got, uh, well, the schedule, they've got uh, a pretty... They've got two hard games left. Yeah, you, you... yeah. they got the Bills and the Ravens, and then they've obviously got Browns, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, and then the Jets in between the Bills and the Ravens. So, I mean, yeah, looking at the schedule alone, the playoffs are, are within reach depending on what happens they'll drop a game against the Browns and they'll probably win the other one just the way it goes but yeah um, I don't want to talk too much about them because again I could talk about them all night <laughs> you can probably you can probably imagine Rams side of the ball oh where is the offence from last year what has happened I mean Goff is just not with it Two interceptions, three fumbles. We only lost one fumble, but it was a pivotal loss. We all know about Todd Gurley. I mean, 73 yards on the day, but he's not the player he was. And unfortunately, despite the weapons that he has in his receivers, if Goff's not firing, they're not firing. And I mean, Cooper Cut, after the 220 yards he scored last week, didn't even have a reception. No. Not one reception. That would have been killer for so many people in fantasy. Because I bet you everybody started in that had him. You'd be silly not to, thinking about it. I mean, you have to start Cooper Cup. You've got to. You've got to. And, yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, what, what, what's your thoughts on it? Is, it? is it the coaching? Is it Goff? Is it the line? I mean, the line looks like it's taken a big step back from last year. Yeah, they lost a couple of pieces, haven't they, off the line, which, which doesn't help. But I, I think, you know, I don't want to say he's in the same thing as Darnold seeing ghosts. But Jared Goff does not look like Jared Goff from the first half of last season. Something happened in the bye week of last season where Jared Goff went from what everybody thought he could be to, I want to say, I don't want to say terrible, but 
he's regressed from then to now and he is a completely different signal caller he doesn't he just looks frightened yeah I, I, I can't I can't articulate it well enough, but when you watch him play, it's like he's scanning the field and isn't seeing half of it. And then the, the O-line not giving him enough time sometimes is, is putting even more worry on him because he thinks he's going to get hit. I think the bye week at two season, last season, sorry, and then Todd Gurley's injury, the pair of those have just mean that Jared Goff has no idea what's going on. I think he relied massively on Todd Gurley because... He was able to use the play action because if Ger- you know, it, it just Todd Gurley was unreal. So the Jared Goff could get out into a bit of space and, and hit people in stride and stuff like that. But the run game hasn't been there. The offensive line is is worse, and I think it's all just mounted up to mean that Jared Goff has, I don't want to say been exposed even, but something is not right with Jared Goff at the moment. No, agreed. And I think uh, so McVeigh is also struggling. I mean. I don't know if you if you caught any of this game. Um, I I didn't because obviously it was a, one of the late games, but um, I saw the highlights and their day was summed up with the Bortles play. Bortles came in for a specific play. Uh, the 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 bot the snap was botched, um, so it went nowhere. And then the next play, he uh, McVeigh called a fake punt and Hecker was intercepted. That just summed up their day. There was nothing going for them. They just couldn't get anything going at all. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting times because again, they're another team that a lot of people had a lot of expectation for, and I'm sure they had a lot of expectation for this season, and it's it's slowly getting away from them. It it, it makes you wonder just how much that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots last year mentally affected not just the the players but the coaching staff and everybody in the building. I think they thought they were going to go roll into Atlanta and and at least have a gunfight with the Patriots. And the Patriots out-schemed, the defence turned up, and they didn't need to score points because they just, I don't think that they felt that the Rams were going to score points. So they did what the Patriots always do and did what they needed to get done. And I think something in that Super Bowl internally hurt the Rams way more than we think it did. Yeah, I agree. Ah, okay. On to the the next game and... We are moving over to the two-win streak Dolphins. <laughs> yep. So Lee, uh, I'll, I'll try and do my best for you here, mate. I, I don't want to. I don't want to mess this up. But Brian Flores is capable of coaching average people to do spectacular things. I don't know whether that is an overstatement of being average and spectacular. But when you look at the Dolphins roster, and especially with what they've traded away who they're starting under centre, considering they traded for Josh Rosen. I mean, Fitzpatrick's gone. Their other DB is on IR. His name eludes me currently. Um, Jones. Mm, yeah, Jones? No, Xavier Howard. Oh, yes. Xavier Howard, Sorry. yeah. yeah. Xavier Howard, yeah. He's on IR, so you think he's probably their best player. Tunsil's gone. And at the moment, the Dolphins look like they can play football on either side of the of the game I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick he had a pretty decent first half he hit seven different receivers 122 yards and then used his uh, I don't know I want to say medium-sized legs to get in from 11 yards out on a rushing TD but then the third quarter turned up and he only had net gain of negative 14 total yards it's not even a statement really net gain of negative he just had negative 14 yards you can't gain a negative that's, that's whatever the, the English word for that is. And then 
the fourth quarter began, Fitz threw a pick, and then the Colts came along with a 34-yard TD drive. Yeah, they, oh, man, it was, it was, the defense just did enough to stop the ailing Colts offense from, from, from winning the game. They hit the QB six times, had three interceptions. So, I don't know, I just think, I think Flores is doing an outstanding job with the men he's got currently. That's my first takeaway from this. Yeah, definitely. And then I think Brian, Brian Hoyer came in for Jacoby Brissett. There was, there was a bit of concern midweek whether Brissett would start, but he didn't have a great day considering he only had, well, it was less than 50% pass completion, only 204 yards, one touchdown in the three INT, INTs. And then he didn't have T.Y. Hilton or Paris Campbell. And yeah, you can't rely on Eric Ebon and Jack Doyle to do the work. <laughs> That's just not going to... You, you can't rely on your two tight ends only to do the receiving work. No, no, I think it, it was a, it was an, an odd, an odd game. And I think, yeah, the Colts were just missing too, too many pieces, unfortunately. Um, my, my main point from this is on the Miami side and it's not about the game, but it's about the player. They have to build their defense around Rokon, Rokon McMillan. He's legit. And He's third year, I want to say now. Third year linebacker, linebacker. Yeah, he needs to be involved. And he's he's them. He appears to be one of their main men. Just a, an interest. Yeah, just a a point that I've noticed over a couple of weeks. He just always seems to be there and commanding the the defense. Yeah, yeah. I would like to. I know our boy Lee sent me a little uh, little tidbit for today's show, and that's that the owner, the Dolphins owner, was at the LSU Bama game on Saturday. And uh, two years ago, he said he really wanted Tua, the Alabama quarterback, to be his starting quarterback. So even after the win, he went. He uh, he still thinks Tua could be his man. Fair enough. And to be honest, he may well get them with the way that uh, <laughs> some of the other quarterbacks are playing in college at the minute. So yeah, wouldn't that be a turn up for the books? Yeah, yeah. We'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Right on to my my next game, and that is the uh, Panthers at the Packers. Lambeau Field and the Packers did win this one 24-16. First point, it's got to be Carl Allen. I mean, what a job he has managed to do for this team. Uh, yes, they lost today, but he does not appear out of his depth at all. No. And you, you could argue, would the Panthers be worse off if Newton was under centre? I mean, ignoring the injury, obviously because he was carrying it for the start of the season anyway, I, I don't think so. I, I think Allen has done as good a job as a healthy Newton would have been able to do. Yeah, and I think I think for Carolina, the best thing they could do now is trade Cam Newton away to a team that still thinks he is the Cam Newton of name value of yesteryear. It's exactly the same thing as the Cincinnati Bengals of AJ Green. Kyle Allen is doing a job like you say, and if you can get Cheddar in draft capital for Cam Newton, why are you not doing it? Exactly. It, it just makes... It. Massive sense. You've got Kyle Allen, who's serviceable. You've got a perennial generational talent at running back in Christian McCaffrey. You've got two wide receivers who, if you can scheme correctly in DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, they're as good. They're, if those two are playing well and the Panthers are passing the ball well enough, those two are, are as good. You know, they're a top five wide receiver pairing, in my opinion. When they're playing well, those two are unreal. And then, You've got people on the other side of the ball as well that can do a job. I just think the Panthers could be so much better if they added a couple of decent pieces and just got a little bit of capital for, for Cam Newton while they can. Yeah, 
hundred percent agree. And we we spoke about it last week, and I think it's it's definitely the right decision to to, to get rid. Um, there's there's not much more to say. I think no. I don't I don't I don't believe Alan Wall is the long term answer. I think he will be a perennial backup when he eventually does get replaced here. But he's doing a good enough job for them to be where they are at the moment. They, and they also drafted Will Greer, didn't they? So what's to say they haven't got a plan to get Will Greer into the fold exactly. and, and see Alan as his, as his backup? Yeah, exactly. And, and Will Greer was, was, was impressive at college as well. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is there. Uh, only other thing on the you know, on the Panthers side, obviously we've spoke about him already, so I'll, I'll keep it short, but Christian McCaffrey, ridiculous. Um, he is the number one overall fantasy scorer in PPR at the moment. Is he now ahead of the Patriots DST? Uh, yes, just about Patriots. I think I think I checked it earlier, and I'm sure the Patriots are still in the top ten. I want to say they're sick. Could be wrong, but right. So currently, I'm looking at the half point listener league uh, rankings, and it's currently telling me that the Patriots are number one. Full so... full, full PPR on Fantasy Pros is what I use. McCaffrey's top. Yeah, well, that would, that would make sense because he's had uh, he's had 48 receptions. So if you tack on, yeah. If you tack on yeah. another twenty-four points to that, you're, you're there. So yeah, but still, I mean, a DST in the top three at, in week ten. What is the world coming to? We should yeah. talk about the Packers, considering they did win. Uh, and the first and main point to take away from these guys is the uh, is the backfield. Aaron Jones is clearly the superior running back, but they are quite evident in the uh, in the in the running back by committee, and probably rightly so because Jones has struggled with injuries in the past and they probably don't want to burn him out because he can do this on the day 93 yards three touchdowns him and Jamal Williams had the same amount of carries they both have 13 carries on the day and Jamal finished with 63 yards yeah I think for Green Bay it's the absolute perfect I don't know what the word is I'm looking for here but you've got one of the best passes in the game with Aaron Rodgers and you're not relying on him completely to make play after play after play and You've got the running backs who can punch home. You know, Jamal Williams is a really capable receiver. Aaron Jones is a great runner. They can both carry. They can both catch. And then you don't have to rely on Aaron Rodgers to make the plays. But then when Aaron Rodgers does need to make plays, he can then make the plays without fear of him having to make the play, if that makes sense. He's, he's a bit more unleashed because he's not being relied upon the whole time. Yeah, that's exactly the point that I've written down. It. This will take the pressure off of Rogers to be the the main point yes. constantly. Absolutely, and that's a scary thought because Rogers doing what he does when there wasn't much of a rush game and he was the main centre of attention and he did that then. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, it's a, it's a scary it's, thought. And it's it's Patrick Mahomes though, isn't it? That's what Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the dude in Kansas City, but he plays like he isn't. He plays yeah. like it isn't on his back, and I think that makes him a better quarterback. And I'm not saying, you know, he's. It would be remiss of me to say that at his end of his career, he's going to have a better career than Aaron and uh, Aaron Rodgers. But he he could well do. But just his playing style, he plays the way Aaron Rodgers is playing now, without the need of a backfield. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Jones is uh, Jones is tied with the most Russian touchdowns at the moment with McCaffrey, 14 each. So considering he's in a committee, that's a uh, an impressive stat to own at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think the the only other takeaway I got from this game is is the Packers are looking like a pretty complete team at the minute. They're firing on offense and the defense. Again, it's another defense. You look at the names and there isn't anybody that 
absolutely jumps out at you, but they've made the right additions in the off season and they are impressing. Yep. They're, yeah. Like you say, their free agency and draft was absolutely on point with what they added on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah, all the right things at the minute and uh, they're putting it together at a good time. And I believe yeah, they're second in the, in the NFC at the moment behind the behind the uh, 49ers it was it was always going to be a tough game for Carolina to go into Lambeau in the snow though wasn't it Let's... yeah yeah I think yeah the the elements played their part Lambeau played its part and uh, the Panthers gave them a good game but uh, but the Packers were deserved winners on the day 100% right last by but no means least yeah. we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we move back over to you Stops. yeah I get to finish off what an honour I mean, I'll probably be back on in a couple of weeks' time, and, and yeah, you know. quite quite possibly we might have to. Uh, might have if to I, if I'm honest, up. mate, this is becoming far too of a regular occurrence. You know, I, I, well, get... I mean, you know, oh, no, come on, it's five yard rush. <laughs> if I'm not, you know, I'm always available. It's uh, exactly it's our baby. Exactly. Let's get it going. So I take the last game, and that's the Vikings Cowboys, and uh, the Minnesota Vikings won this one, twenty eight twenty four. I'm pleased they did because of the two teams. I much prefer the Minnesota Vikings to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I think I mean, everybody, yeah. everybody but Dallas fans do, don't they? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think All or Nothing might have helped them a little bit with some neutral fans, maybe. Dak Prescott was enjoying his best passing game of the season, or at least since week one. But the Cowboys protected him so well, and I think that is the absolute key to Dak Prescott's... I, I think if you pressure... He's got the slight Tom Brady about him, Dak Prescott. He's got a bit more escapability about him, but if you pressure him, there is signs of buckling. And I think... The reason he did so well this week was because of the protection, the protection the O line gave him. So I think it's very—he's good. Is he good enough that he can be this good without some of the key pieces around him? Because the offensive line is so good in Dallas. Yeah, I—I I don't know. I like—I I do like him quite a lot, and we we spoke about him in the off season um, mm-hmm. in quite a bit of detail. And yeah, I think he, he does. I, you know, it, it takes a decent quarterback to gash the Vikings for 397 yards and three touchdowns. And I'm not saying Dak Prescott isn't good. I'm just saying occasionally when under pressure, they, he, there's a little bit of a buckle factor about him. At the same time, if you can give him the protection, he can do this. Oh yeah, 100%. He does need to uh, score three more rushing touchdowns though because he's scored six in every season. So, And I said that he would this year. So <laughs> if, it, if, it, if he could do that, that'd be great. <laughs> well, hit him up. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll let you know. Yeah, but... I'll ask him. I'll ask him. I'll find him on Twitter. Yeah, their wide receiving core is absolutely ridiculous at the moment. I think Amari Cooper has proved that he's you know as good as anyone. And the move from the Raiders was a great move for him. He had 11 catches for 147 yards. Randall Cobb is apparently still a thing. He had six receptions for 106 yards. And then Michael Gallup, who could possibly be the best secondary receiver I don't want to say wide receiver one because Thielen and Diggs are I would say on the same level they've got two wide receiver ones but as a one-two pairing is there a better pairing than Cooper and Gallup right now yeah it's difficult to name them um definitely and yeah I I, I like Gallup a lot um and again I've spoken about him a couple times in the past and he just he has that little bit more freedom because you've got to pay attention to Cooper and you've got to pay attention to Elliot and Prescott's legs. I mean, of yep. course he's going to be open and he's got the skill set to take advantage of that. Yeah. I think what they didn't do against the Vikings was they didn't continue to throw the ball as much as they have done. They got, you know, two minutes, five minutes to go, four points down. 
they got up to the Minnesota's 19-yard line at the two-minute warning, and then they ran the ball. I mean, they followed at the eight-yard first down. Then they tried to run Ezekiel Elliott, tried to do the same thing again. The result was a three-yard loss on the fourth and five. So they then had to, to try and get it rather than because they were down four. They needed they needed the touchdown and, and you couldn't do it on a fourth and five. But why not why not throw it again? You, you, you've just done so well getting up the field. Five passes to three receivers and then Jason Witten to get to the 19-yard line. Why not just keep doing what you're doing and winning it? Yeah, and that, that's something that will come with time for, for Keelan Moore. Um, these sort of decisions... Granted, it, it, it's not the sort of mistake that you want to make in a game and, and it end up being one of the reasons why you lost. But yeah, I think it, he, hopefully he'll learn from that and he has, as a coordinator, looked, looked good at, at most, of the, most of the time this season. Um, like we, we said it before, they, they, just, they do seem like quite a complete team on the offence. Yep. Um, it, defense at times has been suspect, which is surprising because they are one of the teams that you look at their defence and they've got some big names. Um, maybe they're taking a while to gel because obviously it's quite a young team overall. Uh, that, that that could be one of the reasons why. Yeah, they, they're they so close to being really good, aren't they? That's the yeah. thing. Then. Yeah, they I don't know. They're on the cusp. Yeah, they are Very really on the so. cusp. If I they think... put it together, fully put it together... That is a scary unit. But do you think it's do you think it's a scarier unit as when the Vikings fully put it together? I think they're on a pretty even level. Do you? I think the honest. Vikings. I think the Vikings are a tier above. When the Vikings are fit, and and Kirk Cousins is playing the way Kirk Cousins plays at the moment, and I know it's a scary thing to say <laughs> when Kirk Cousins plays the way he's playing. Yeah, but yeah. they are stacked everywhere. That's the difference for me. I much prefer Prescott over Cousins, and I think that's probably what's what's making them. I think I agree with you, especially I think on the defense they've got they are they are they are You're better at, than at the moment. They've got all right, maybe not wide receiver at the moment. Thielen's injured. Ah, oh, tight end. Maybe that's a difficult one between Rudolph and Witten. They're both bang average. <sighs> Rudolph had a decent weekend this weekend. Currently, you know, I'd take Dalvin Cook over Ezekiel Elliott as a running back. He's a complete back. Yeah, 183 yards. This is my next takeaway. Dalvin Cook is absolutely unreal. And on the flip side of this, I'm concerned that although he is pounding it at the moment, are the Vikings pounding him too hard? And if he snaps, the Vikings snap. Do you know what I mean? There's a little oh. bit of that. I mean, I've got Cook in as many places as I could possibly own him because I absolutely love him. But yeah. he, he, he was only the second player this season to record 80-plus yards rushing and receiving in the same game. It's just absolutely devastating. He's physical, his acceleration, his hands. He can do absolutely everything. Let's just not... Let's pray that Thielen comes back, they start to throw the ball about a little bit more, and Dalvin Cook doesn't have to rush for so many attempts. You know, 33 touches in, against Dallas, that's a lot. And for somebody who's got an injury history, oh, Dalvin, just stay upright. You know, I, oh, I, uh, yeah, that's the concern, isn't it? And the, and it's a very real concern because of what we've seen his first two years. It's a very real possibility, unfortunately. But I think also you could probably give Madison a couple more. It's difficult to say that because of just how well Cook is doing. But they have got uh, one of the better backups in the league. Hundred percent. Some of that away. W- would you say he's the best backup? Yeah, that's a tricky question. I think as pure backups go, yes. Yeah, that's that. That's what I was going to say because if you look at him as a backup against someone like 
I don't know, Breeder, who is classed, it's difficult to class Breeder and like Jamal Williams as backups, but they are essentially the RB2, whereas Madison is a pure backup running back. Yeah, I so think. In, I agree in that sense. But then Tony Pollard's pretty good as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. Not on today, not, not on the day, he wasn't. No, but over the season, he's been pretty good. And yeah. just out of interest, Ash, do you know how many rushing yards Dalvin Cook has compared to Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I know Cook's leading. I want to say Cook's nearing 900 and McCaffrey's around 750. So Dalvin Cook has 991 rushing yards and Christian McCaffrey has 989. Oh, okay, I was well off Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and then my final takeaway is that from the first time in a long, long time, Kirk Cousins did not suck in prime time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's having a pretty good year. He's like, obviously the the issue if he start, and then last week he wasn't bad, but he wasn't amazing. But yeah, it's it's concerning. <laughs> it's not yeah. what we expect. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that was it. That's my takeaways from the Vikings Cowboys game. Thanks for having me on, buddy. <laughs> no, thank you for joining me. Very much appreciate it. I'm glad, oh, mate, can, I'm glad that we can rely on you when we need it. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, where can they find you, Stocks? What do you mean, where can they find me? This is Five Yard Rush, Ash. Come find us on Twitter. It's at Five Yard Rush. Website's fiveyardrush.co.uk. We're on pretty much every social media except Twitter is the biggest one. My boy Murph runs that. I don't have anything to do with it, really. He sends me the occasional message for replies and stuff. But, yeah, Murph does all the running over there. But that's where we are most active over on Twitter. So come at us at Five Yard Rush. Come at me and Murph if you didn't like my takes today because it's a takeaway show. Let me know what you think. Exactly. We're always interested to hear. And we, we love getting involved with the fans. It's, it's what makes us – I mean, it just makes it even more enjoyable just having the, those conversations 100%. And you can find me as always at on Twitter at addicted to underscore FF. And obviously you can see some of my articles on the website. And yeah, again, thank you very much. You're welcome. Come on then, finish it up. Give us your best one. <laughs> Until next time, Rush Nation, keep on rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.